Hey, ladies and gentlemen, good news. I have come today with humor. I mean very good humor. This is, this is, this is very nice. A mother was preparing pancakes for her sons, Kevin, who was five years of age, Ryan, who was only three. The boys began to argue over who would get the first pancake. Their mother saw the opportunity for a moral lesson. If Jesus were sitting here, she said to the boys, he would say, let my brother have the first pancake. I can wait. Kevin turned to his younger brother and replied, Ryan, you be Jesus today. (laughs) Okay, it was okay. It was okay. But you know, we are supposed to be Jesus to one another. If you're saved, you have Jesus Christ living on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And so you are the body of Christ. I am the body of Christ. Corporately, we're the body of Christ. And so we are supposed to be Jesus to other people. When people see you, they're supposed to see Jesus. When people are in my presence, they should leave that encounter and feel like, you know what, I've been in the presence of Jesus. I have been in the presence of someone who knows the Lord and someone who has the Lord living in their heart. So our responsibility is to be Jesus to other people. Now, the problem is when it comes to forgiving others who have hurt us or forgiving others who have hurt somebody close to us, sometimes we don't want to be Jesus. We don't want to offer them forgiveness. We don't want to offer them grace we want to pray that God would send a lightning bolt and zap them right there. And so that's not the way that God would have us to be. God wants us to be Jesus to other people. Now, unforgiveness is a very serious problem. Unforgiveness does to your spirit what a termite does to a piece of wood. It just eats away at it. If you have somebody in your life whom you have not forgiven, maybe they did you wrong or they hurt you or said something about you or... Maybe they tried to hurt somebody close to you, and you have chosen not to forgive that person. You have held on to that. We, talk, we say things like, well, I'm holding a grudge, or sometimes you'll hear somebody say, well, as soon as they come and ask me to forgive them, then I'll forgive them. The only problem with that is they may never ask you to forgive them, and if they don't, then you're giving them the authority over your own spirit, over your own attitude, and to some extent over your own physical health. And so forgiveness is a big deal, and unforgiveness is a big problem. The main reason that forgiveness is so important is because every day we are around imperfect people. We really are. Right now, you are sitting at a table full of imperfect people. And I have to say it the other way, the people at the table are also sitting around an imperfect person in you. It's not just like, man, I sat at an imperfect table and everybody at your table is imperfect. I know several years ago I was coming into the Tuesday lunch. My dad was preaching, of course, that day and I was trying to find somewhere to sit. And there was this table full of ladies and there was one empty seat. And one of the ladies said, John, come sit with us. And so I thought, man, can't get any better than that. Table full of ladies. And so I sat down with them, and I was trying to think of something nice. I was trying to think of something smooth. I always pride myself in being smooth, but I'm really not smooth, but I play like I'm smooth. And so I thought, what could I say that would be smooth to these ladies? And so I was trying to say, well, today I'm a thorn among roses, but I'll turn it around. And I said, well, today I'm a rose among thorns. <laughs> I really said that. And 
those ladies have never asked me to sit with them again. I don't think they, I don't think they have forgiven me. I don't think they're right with God, even yet, because it slipped out wrong that I was the rose and they were the thorns. So we have to forgive each other because we're all imperfect. And sometimes we hurt each other. Sometimes we mean to hurt each other. I mean, we just set out, or sometimes, hope you don't, hope we don't do it, but some people set out to hurt another person. Sometimes we hurt other people by something we say, and we didn't really mean to. It wasn't premeditated, but kind of like what I said to those ladies that day, it probably hurt their feelings, and I didn't mean it that way, but it comes out like that. So if we're going to exist in this life, if we're going to be Jesus to one another, we have got to learn to forgive, and forgiveness has to become as natural as breathing. It said, Jesus said in the Bible, in this world, it is impossible that no one be offended. In other words, we're going to be offended. You're going to offend, and you're going to be offended. And so when someone offends you, it's wise to learn to just forgive that person and let it go right there on the spot. And don't let that offense take root, because if it takes root, then all of a sudden, or maybe not so all of a sudden, but in time, it's going to really be a problem for you. And the scripture says when you let an offense take root, it's like a bitter root that has taken hold in your heart. And if, we, if there's a living root, there's o- it's only a matter of time until that root produces fruit. And now this fruit comes out as anger, sarcasm, bitter spirit, negativity, always complaining, quick to strike back, always trying to get in a jab, saying something that might try to hurt somebody else. And so forgiveness is a real problem. Now, just so I'll know, and just so everybody else here today will feel like this sermon is not just for them, how many of you would say that sometimes in life you have a hard time forgiving another person? Would you just raise your hand? Okay. And the rest of you are saints, and we want to sign you up for... The speaking for the next month and a half. But no, I think all of us sometimes we, we, ha- we can have a hard time forgiving. And so that's what I want to talk about today. So open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to show you one verse to begin with. And this subject that I'm on today may be the most important thing in the Christian life. I think it's the most important thing in all of life next to salvation. Now, as we've talked about the last two weeks, the most important thing is that we receive God's forgiveness. But after we have done that, the next most important thing is that we love and forgive others. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Paul said this, and be kind to one another. Say that with me. And be kind to one another. Now watch the next part. Tenderhearted. See, God wants us to have a tender heart. But if we have unforgiveness, if we have bitterness, if we're holding a grudge, if somebody has rubbed us the wrong way or made us mad or said something or maybe they, uh, they ignored us or they dismissed us or they belittled us, well, we're not always tender-hearted. Sometimes our heart gets hard. But God said, no, be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Now, what's the key to this? Look at the next phrase. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. So again, our example is Jesus. He has forgiven us of all of the horrible things that we've ever thought, said, or done. He is living in our hearts. And what God says to us, the same way that I have forgiven you, you extend that forgiveness to others. Now, one of the reasons 
that we have a hard time forgiving, and everybody just raised their hand. Most everybody said, yes, sometimes I have a hard time. One of the reasons we struggle with this issue is because we don't always understand what forgiveness is. In other words, when I say to you, have you totally forgiven everybody? You might say back to me, no, well, I'm not sure that I have, or no, I haven't, or no, this is something I struggle with. Well, it, part of the problem may be a misunderstanding of what forgiveness is. And so what I want to do is mention some things that forgiveness is not. Sometimes we think, well, I, in order to forgive, I have to do X, Y, Z. And yet, X, Y, Z doesn't have anything to do with forgiveness. So let me just mention some things that forgiveness is not. First of all, forgiveness is not forgetting the offense. Now, we all know that God forgives and the Bible says that God forgets. In Isaiah chapter 43, God said, I am he who blots out your transgressions. I will remember your sins no more. So God has the ability not only to forgive, God has the ability to forget. He can actually remove our sins from his mind. And we're so thankful for that. That means that, uh, I mean, when we go before God, he has literally forgotten everything we've done wrong. So when we think about forgiving others, we think things like this. Well, I could never forget what he said about me. Or I could never forget what she did to me. Or I could never forget how they hurt me. I just can't forget it. I can't get it out of my mind. And sometimes we conclude, therefore, well, then I must not have forgiven because I haven't forgotten. No, for you and me, it's a little bit different than it is for God. God has the ability to do something we don't have the ability to do. He can make himself forget. And yet we can't do that. We know what has happened. We know what has been done. And that memory may be with us for the rest of our lives. And so just because you remember what somebody did, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have not forgiven them. I'll tell you something else forgiveness is not. It's not condoning the offense. Sometimes a person will come up to you and say, Hey, would you forgive me for whatever? And you'll say this, oh, it's no big deal. Well, it may have been a big deal. <laughs> it may have really hurt you. And so for you to say, oh, it's no big deal, what you're really saying, you're trying to minimize what they did. And, and, and in your mind, that's forgiveness. It is minimizing what has been done. But forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. It is not condoning the offense. It is not saying, hey, it's no big deal. No. If somebody comes up to you and says, hey, would you forgive me for whatever I did? If, if you know what they're talking about, I mean, if you don't even know what they're talking about, then you have to be honest. But if you know what they're talking about, what that person needs to hear from you is, I forgive you. They don't need to hear it's no big deal. They're asking for forgiveness. They need to hear from you that you have forgiven them. If you respond it's no big deal, they've not been forgiven and you haven't forgiven because you have tried to deal with it by blowing it off and by minimizing it in that way. I'll tell you something else. Forgiveness is not trusting the person who hurt you. Sometimes a person will say, well... I could never trust that person again. I, could, I, just, I haven't forgiven them. I can't trust them. Forgiveness and trust are two different issues. Forgiveness has to do with the past. Trust has to do with the present and the future. And so when you forgive a person, what are you doing? You are, and I'm going to define forgiveness a little more clearly in a minute, but you are forgiving, you are blocking or blotting out, you are removing 
uh, whatever they did in the past, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you trust that person in the future. Forgiveness and trust are two different things. It would be good if it meant that you could all of a sudden trust them, but that's not trust and forgiveness are two totally different things. And something else that forgiveness doesn't mean it doesn't. And this is kind of a shame. It really is a shame. But forgiveness does not necessarily mean reconciliation. If you have a friendship and somebody has hurt you in some way or you're in a business dealing with somebody and y'all have gone in and you've bought something and your friend or your business associate cheated you out of $50,000 or $100,000 and they come to you and they say, listen, I did something behind your back. I took advantage of you. What I did made me money. What I did lost you money and I've made money at your expense. I have cheated you out of $50,000. Would you please forgive me for that? What you should say is, I will forgive you as soon as you give me the $50,000. No, you shouldn't say that. You should forgive them. But if they really mean it, they should go ahead and make it right. I mean, but so forgive, they, but they may not do that. And even if they give you the $50,000 back, that doesn't necessarily mean that you trust them going forward. You forgive them, but it doesn't necessarily mean reconciliation and it's a shame see in order for there to be reconciliation in that example that person would have to give you the fifty thousand dollars back if he still had it they would have what what they would have to do they would have to repent when a relationship of any nature has been broken the only way that there can be reconciliation is if the person who has sinned repents and if the person who has sinned was sinned against forgives If the guilty party repents and the other person forgives and then you give God time to work and that trust can then be rebuilt, then that relationship can be restored and it's an absolutely beautiful thing. But if you have one of the parties who refuses to repent, there cannot be any reconciliation of that relationship, but you can still forgive that person for whatever it is they did. That's why I said earlier, you don't want to say, well, as soon as they repent, then I'll forgive, because that may never happen. Forgiveness is more between you and God than it is between you and that person. So it doesn't always mean reconciliation. You say, John, do you have a verse on that? Yes, I do. Turn back to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, not many pages from where we were in Ephesians 4, and verse 18. Paul is talking about this topic. He's talking about when we've been hurt, somebody has done us uh, wrong, and we need to forgive. And now he's talking about reconciliation. And in Romans chapter 12 and verse 18, he says, If it is possible, as much as depends on you, Live peaceably with all men. So he qualified. What he's saying is live peaceably with everybody. Be reconciled to everybody. Be in a right relationship with everybody. That's the goal. That's God's will. That's God's desire. But he qualifies that twice. He says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you. Now, why would he qualify it like that? Because sometimes it's not possible. And sometimes it doesn't depend on you. The Bible says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? No. In other words, in order for there to be a right relationship, both people in that relationship or both groups of people are going to have to repent of whatever they did and forgive for whatever was done against them. But if one refuses to repent, there can't be any reconciliation. And that's why Paul says, if it is possible... As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And so you may be thinking, well, since there's not been any reconciliation in this relationship, 
I guess that means there really hasn't been any forgiveness. And that's just not true. If you have forgiven that person, I'm going to talk about what that means in a minute. If, you, if your heart is right towards that other person, you're right in your heart towards them, and you're right in your heart toward God, you know in your heart your heart is right, then you have forgiven that person whether or not reconciliation ever takes place. We would always hope for there to be reconciliation, but sometimes it's just not possible. It's not possible, and it doesn't always depend on you. So what is forgiveness? If we know forgiveness is not forgetting the offense, condoning the offense, it's not necessarily trusting the offender, it's not always reconciliation, well then what do we mean by forgiveness? If, if somebody has hurt you and you say, you know what, John, I want my heart to be right. I want the relationship to be right. But even if that can't happen, I want my heart to be right. I want to forgive. God's told us to forgive. I've been commanded to forgive. But I don't know what it means to forgive. So what does it mean to forgive another person? Well, I've jotted some things down here today in my notes that I think answer that question pretty well. First of all, to forgive means to see the other person through God's eyes. You see that person from God's perspective. You realize that that person, just like you, was made in the image of God. That God loves that person just as much as God loves you. That Jesus died for that person's sins just like Jesus died for your sins. And so you try to see that person from God's perspective. You try to understand that person. This helps me with, with if somebody does something. You try to, as best you can, you try to get in that person's head. You try to get in that person's world. And you think, now what would have made that person do this? What would have made that person say that? What, would, what is it? What's going on? And you have to play a little bit of a psychiatrist or a psychologist. You try to get in their world and say, what would make this person act this way? More than likely, if a person is, is or has hurt you, the reason they have hurt you is because they at some time in their life have been hurt. Remember this, one of the best things that I ever heard. Hurt people hurt people. Let's say that together. Hurt people hurt people. The first hurt is an adjective and the second hurt is a verb. So a person who has been hurt hurts others. It's like the most dangerous animal is a wounded animal. That animal is, is hurt. That animal is, is wounded. That animal is scared. And so if you get too close to that animal, what will that animal do? It's going to strike out at you, trying to protect itself. It's been hurt. It's, it refuses to be hurt anymore. And if you get too close, it's striking out. And so sometimes people have been hurt in their life, and their defenses are up, and their shell is hard. And if you get too close to them in order to protect themselves, it's like they strike out against you. Hurt people hurt people. But if you can understand what they've been through, that will help you better to deal with them. I, some, this probably sounds silly, but sometimes in my life through the years when I've been in situations like this, I try to ask myself, I wonder what that person was like in seventh grade. I don't know why I do that. Because I think seventh grade is like an awkward time in, in anybody's life. It, for girls and guys. It's just all, it's socially awkward. And like if a person when they were in the seventh grade, somebody said something, a coach said something, a parent said something, a group of friends said something, and it made that person feel, you know, maybe they didn't make the team or maybe they wanted to be a cheerleader. They didn't make it. They didn't make the choir. They just felt rejected at that age. Sometimes people can carry what happened in seventh grade with them for a long time in life. 
And so if you look at your offender, the person who has hurt you, as a seventh grader, you will be, a, or at least try to say, I wonder what they were like in seventh grade. Somehow, at least for me, that works. Now, don't go home tonight and get an argument with your spouse and say, well, you're just a seventh grader. I mean, that's not what I'm trying to say here. But I'm just saying, in your own mind, think of them, think of it like that, and it will give you an insight into their childhood, into their adolescence, into their young life, and it may help you understand why they act the way they act. So forgiveness is trying to see the other person through God's eyes. Now, another thing forgiveness is, and this is really at the heart of it, forgiveness is letting the other person off the hook. It's letting them off the hook. In the Greek language, the word for forgive is the word aphiomi. Say that with me. Aphiomi. Say it again. Aphiomi. I only know three Greek words, but I like to show them off sometime. And that's one of them right there. Aphiomi literally means to let go or to set free. Literally, it means to set free. And when I was being taught about that word in school, the professor said the word picture or the visualization for forgive, aphiomi, to let go or to set free, is a bird in a cage. Here's a bird in a cage, and that bird couldn't get out if he wants to. But when you go and open that door and let the bird go out, in the Greek language, it is the word aphiomi. You have set that bird free. You have let that bird go. And that's how they use that word in Bible times. And so and Paul and others when, in, in the New Testament, they used it to say that's what forgiveness is. It is, it is letting it go. It is setting the person free. It is, le- it is letting them off the hook. And you know what I've learned in my life? When I forgive another person who may have done something or whatever, and I let them go, I refuse to hold them in bondage. I let them off the hook. I myself am the one who is set free. Because when we don't forgive somebody, we really put ourselves in bondage. So you just have to let them off the hook. You say, John, explain, explain what does it mean to let them off the hook a little more. Okay, I will. Another thing it means, it means you let go of your desire to get even. It, you let go of your desire for revenge. If you really forgive the other person, it, it means this. You let go of your desire to tell your side of the story. So somebody has done something against you, said something about you to somebody else. Not to you, but to somebody else. And now you have heard of what has been said about you. Well, the, nat, the human of us would want to say, and I mean, I guess there's sometimes, God gives us discernment, sometimes you might have to respond to something, but as a general rule, it's better not to, I think. But somebody says something, and there's something in our human nature that wants to say, in other words, this person said something to hurt me and make me look bad. Now what I want to do is to say something to hurt that person and make them look bad. In other words, they tore me down, I want to tear them down. Well, forgiveness doesn't work that way. Forgiveness says, you know what? I've let them off the hook. I don't care what they did. I don't care what they said. I am not going to try to get revenge. Now, you're in Romans chapter 12. We looked at verse 18. Look at the very next verse because this is very important. This whole idea of getting even, setting the record straight, revenge, whatever you want to call it. Paul said in verse 19, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, now listen to what God says, Vengeance is mine, 
I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine. He's quoting a passage of Scripture from the Old Testament where God says, I know you've been hurt. I know people have said whatever. You, can, you have two options. Either you can go out and take revenge on that person or try to get even with that person or try to set the record straight in that situation or you can keep your mouth shut and let me do it. So revenge is letting go of our desire for revenge. And then the final thing I've written in my notes is simply this. Revenge is praying for God to bless the other person. You say, John, I was with you up until now, but I can't go that far. I can forgive them. I can let them off the hook. I can keep my mouth shut. But that verse that you read out of Paul said, Vengeance is mine. I will repay. The only thing I'm praying is for God to repay. But that's not how Jesus forgave us. When he was dying on the cross, what did he say? Father, what? Forgive them. They know not what they do. Probably the person who hurt you didn't even know what he was doing, she was doing. Maybe they did, but either way, forgive them. When Stephen was being stoned, he said the same thing. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I was reading this morning about Job, and you know, Job went through all those problems, and then he had these three friends, and his three friends basically said to him, Job, the reason you're having problems like this is there's some hidden sin in your life, and because of that sin in your life, you've lost your kids, you've lost your money, you've lost your health, you've lost your reputation, you've lost everything, and if you'll get your heart right with God, God will make everything right. Well, they were wrong in everything they said. Job was not going through those problems because of any sin in his life. He was going through those problems because Satan had asked permission from God and received permission from God to rattle Job's chain a little bit. It was a spiritual test that Job couldn't see what was going on, neither could those friends. Satan said, if you'll let Job have some problems, God, he'll curse you to his face. God said, no, he won't. I know Job better than you do. At the very end of the book of Job, the Bible says that God restored Job's losses. Now watch this. When he prayed for his friends. That is, when he prayed for the people who had accused him of something he didn't even do. He prayed for them, and God said, all right, now Job, you've come through the test. That was the final chapter. That was the final question on this test. Will you pray for these people who said all this stuff to be blessed? And when he did, God turned Job's fortunes around. He had 10 more kids. He received twice as much money as he had before. And the book came to a happy ending. So what I'm saying to you today, that person who has done you wrong and has hurt you in some way, if you will forgive them, let them off the hook, don't try to get revenge, don't try to say something behind their back to another person. That's one way you know you haven't forgiven is if when that person's not around, you try to make them look bad to others. That's a, that's a telltale sign. Your heart's not right. But if you'll forgive them and then even begin to pray, God bless them just like you bless me. God forgive them just like you forgive me. I'm telling you, you're going to be set free of this. And just like that bird set free from that cage, you're going to be on your way in life, happy and free in Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you for your forgiveness that you have given to us. And we ask you even today, help us unconditionally, unsolicitedly forgive those who might hurt us. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, Amen.